He said, yeah, I don't think we're going to work out. I don't think we want the same things. I don't think I want marriage or kids anytime soon. And I don't want them with you. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Today's episode, Beth Ann. Statistically, most of us at this point have been here swiping endlessly, perhaps even mindlessly through a deck of humans in hopes that one of them will catch our eye or imagination and then maybe, eventually, our hearts. Looking for the one seems like it should be a connective and joyful process, but despite these dating apps' best attempts to make the online pursuit fun, for many, the process can feel cold, stale, and exhausting. That's why when we finally get a match that lights our swiping fire and then checks our boxes beyond the in-app chat, it feels rewarding. It feels like fate, like, ah, finally. And this is what happened to today's guest, Beth Ann, who I think should be the one to tell you more about it. All of it. Let's get into it. All of those moments we tried. All of those tears that I cried I won't hold on no more I gotta let go and walk out that door What's going on? My name is Sham Boudram. I'm a sex educator and a relationship expert. From Headspace Studios and Frequency Machine, this is Hung Up. So I got a voice message from Beth Ann breaking down her breakup. Take a listen. Hey, Shan. My name is Beth Ann. Um, I was navigating the whole dating apps thing, and I seriously thought I'd met literally every single guy in town until I connected with Will on Bumble. My relationship with Will felt like coming home. And, you know, we had talked openly about our future, marriage, kids. We even made it through a 10-month deployment. But, um... After all that time, he broke up with me out of nowhere. This breakup has totally shattered my faith that I'll ever find someone. I used to be a hopeless romantic, and now I've become an unhopeless romantic. I'm just not sure where else to turn to get past this. Bethann found her person amidst the noise of the apps. She and Will aligned both in their relationship and with a shared vision for their future. Will represented everything Beth Ann had ever wanted, and then he blew it all up. Let's find out why. Hi, Beth Ann. Hey, Shan. Thank you so much for reaching out and sharing your story. Okay, so I have a basic idea of what happened, but there's still loads to unpack. Yeah. So let's run it back to the beginning. How did you meet your ex, Will? Uh, yeah, so... Um, a bit before I met him, I had just the worst time dating. I'd get really excited about something and then I'd get ghosted. Uh, nobody was feeling even remotely right. I was getting really sad. And then I met Will. And I remember after the first date, I like cried the whole way home, just happy tears because I was just so relieved. Like I just felt so connected to him and felt like I had known him my whole life. What was it about well, that got you so excited and that felt so different? I had never met 
anyone with Will's self-awareness. He was so genuine. I mean, we met and spent every moment together and I was the one for the first time being like, do you want to step back? And he said, oh my gosh, I only want to hang out with you. We just could not get enough of each other. Mm. A week after we met, he made me a key to his apartment and he was like, come and go as you please. I think two weeks after we met, he was like, hey, I want to be exclusive. I want to be your boyfriend. You want to be my girlfriend? And I was like, absolutely. He laughed because I was so shocked. I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, I mean, don't you see what's going on here? Like, we're obsessed with each other. And I was like, see, this is what I've been waiting for. From there, COVID kind of hit hard and everyone was on lockdown and we basically were just each other's bubble. It was just me and him making dinners. I was either at his apartment or he was at mine spending just an obscene amount of time together and just soaking it all up. Uh-huh. What happened next? So Will is in the Navy and had a deployment coming up. So a big piece of our relationship and the time we had together was actually him being halfway across the world on a ship and us having to communicate mainly via email, sometimes phone calls. Right. And before he left, I said, look, I don't want to spend all this time with you gone just for things to not work out. Are you sure we should do this? Are you sure about us? And he said, I am so sure. When he left on deployment, at first it was almost like grieving, you know, not having that person around who you've had around, especially because of COVID. But once you get used to them kind of not being there and you get into this flow of communication, he would send me flowers every month for any special occasion. He would write me sweet little emails. And I was very confident that it was making us stronger. And I thought he felt the same way. Okay, so it sounds like despite your fears, your relationship found its groove during his deployment. So what was it like when he got back? That reunion, I have just never felt like so relieved and so at ease in my entire life. It was everything you would ever want out of a, you know, military homecoming. Like, I could still cry thinking about it. And it had been almost 10 months since I had seen him. And I was so anxious that things were not going to fall back into what they were. But they did. And it felt better than it had ever been. So when did that vibe switch? Um... On June 30th, I found out I got a promotion and I was thrilled. And he said, that's amazing. Let's celebrate tonight. Come over to my apartment. Showed up, got a big hug, snuggled on the couch. Um, He was like laying his head on my lap. I went to hug him and he paused and I felt a little shift. And I was like, what's the deal? And he kind of looked at me and I was like, I'm feeling like you're kind of acting like I like you more than you like me right now. I'm feeling a weird shift. And he said, yeah, um, I've been meaning to tell you, I I don't think we're going to work out. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) And he said, I don't think we want the same things. Mm. I don't think I want marriage or kids anytime soon. And I don't want them with you. That's something that you want. So I don't want to hold you back. So I asked him, Forget what I want. Do you see any future with me as a person? He just looked at me very coldly and said, no, I don't, I'm sorry. I was so shocked. I was silent for probably minutes, like full minutes. I just, I stepped back and I just looked at him and I was just shaking and I was like, I can't even, I can't believe this is happening. I said, then I guess we're done here. I guess that's it. And he said, okay. And he said, I'm sorry. 
and I went and sat in my car for like an hour and just processed things and cried, just in shock. That, that literally sounds awful. So if I'm getting a handle on things right now, this breakup, it just completely blindsided you. Exactly. There were a million ways he could have ended things that would have been more considerate than the way that he did it. So since that night, have you been able to get any more clarity on why he wanted to end things? Um, so after the breakup, he, he didn't say a word to me. Even when I came to pick up my stuff from his apartment, he uh, had really nothing to say to me. Mm. The only thing I could even identify is I think the prospect of him getting stationed in another country for two years, he started to realize he had to think ahead in the relationship and that it would be difficult to do long distance. He knew that I wanted to get married and have kids at a relatively young age. And even though he had told me at the beginning, he saw himself dating someone for maybe a year and a half, two years, and then settling down when he was faced with, oh, but these next two years, I'm not gonna be here. I think things started to shift for him. Did it feel like a bait and switch to you? It, it did feel like a bait and switch. Um, when he said he wanted what I wanted, I believed him. How is everything that you just shared with me, that entire experience, how is it affecting you now, today? I feel like he caused me to be hung up on myself because I've now started dating and I just see everything within expiration date. I used to be so hopeful. It really makes me wish I could just erase that part of my life. That sentiment of erasing the past is one that a lot of people relate to. And whether or not you see the big picture or understand the big lesson in your breakup right now doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It's just hard to see at this moment. But that's why we're here, to uncover things that you haven't already on your own. And this next phase is going to be uncomfortable because it's about reaching out to people and asking the hard questions. And the obvious person to reach out to would be your ex-will. So when you hear that, Beth Ann, what's your first reaction? My first reaction is um, I wish that he would. Um, he went completely off the grid after we broke up, deleted all his social. Nobody knows what he's doing. Okay, so Will is not an option. Mm-hmm. Is there someone else who was close to the situation that might be able to fill in some of the blanks? I think that my friend Becca, she and her now fiancé were best friends with Will before we even met. And they were actually on our first date. So she has known him longer than she's known me. And she also saw me through the entire relationship. We are very, very close um, kind of from that experience. So she's been there for all of it. So she knows. So Becca's who I tracked down next. She knows Will, she knows Beth Ann, and she saw them evolve as a couple. Thank you so much for getting on this call, Becca. It is such an honor to meet a good friend. And Beth Ann tells me that you are a good friend. I was friends with Will first, and I remember telling him, like, you have to, like, go out with this girl because she's amazing. And for the most part, like, they had a really good relationship, and they just meshed well together. Like, their personalities, he was more quiet, and she was more, um, like, outgoing. So I thought it was a good balance. Mm-hmm. Did the breakup come as a shock to you? Yes, definitely big shock for me and my fiancé. Like, I'm, I actually got a phone call from my fiancé because he's deployed, and he was like, you need to call Beth Ann right now. 
and I was like, oh my God, what happened? And he like actually told me that her and Will broke up and I looked at my messages and I was like, oh no. But I kind of was like, I see that this is wrong because she had told Will even like at the beginning of the relationship, she had an ex for five years, Ted, and he did pretty much the exact same thing, like blindsided her. And she told Will straight up, she was like, look, I've had this happen to me in the past where someone blindsided me, just don't do that. So he knew that straight up and he still did it. So that was what kind of shocked me the most. Okay, this is new information. Beth Ann did not mention her relationship with Ted and more importantly, that it also ended in a blindside breakup. So, Becca, Beth Ann mentioned that speaking to Will is not an option. Yeah, I don't really speak to him, but my fiancé told me, like, he's deployed, so he'd probably be unreachable right now. Okay, got it. You've been so helpful. Is there anyone else you can think of who knows Beth Ann well, who can provide more insight on both of these blindside breakups? She does have a younger sister. I think she would be a good one to reach out to because her younger sister and her are very close. They both go to each other for advice. All right. We now know where to go next and what's become more of an investigation into Beth Ann's blindsided breakup that I am determined to get to the bottom of after the break. Okay. After this new piece of information Becca shared about Will not being Beth Ann's first unexpected breakup, I knew I had to get more intel. So I asked Beth Ann to hop on a call with her sister Maggie. Hey Maggie, thank you so much for being here for this call and for being here for your sister. I love that girl. <laughs> Good. Aww. We're here for love. That's exactly why we're here. We're here because we care about Beth Ann and we care about your holistic healing. And as you know, a part of that means having conversations with the people who care about you, who want you to see things that maybe you might have been blind to. So we had a call with Becca and she had mentioned something, Beth Ann, that you had not mentioned to me on our call. And that's the fact that your five year relationship with Ted ended in the same way as the relationship with Will. Yeah, my relationship with Ted was a lot longer. We met when we were in college. We dated for almost five years. We were really comfortable together. We, it felt like we had put the work in, got past the hard stuff, and we were on track for marriage. There was no part of me that thought he would end things. Truly, there wasn't. But he did. Um, I was blindsided by that breakup, and that's actually how I ended up feeling with Will as well. But... When I got into the relationship with Will, I hadn't like fully processed a lot of the the trauma from my other relationship. And I remember telling him like, I just don't want to be blindsided again. That hurt me so bad. And so when it happened again, it felt like, you know, if I had these wounds that were created by the last guy, they had like fully healed. And then it was like somebody ripping open like the same exact wound, which actually kind of hurt worse. And, you know, you're like, wow, what did I do wrong? My heart goes out to you and you did not deserve that. And it is extremely cowardly of both of those men to leave you the way that they did in the way that they did. But that to be said, Maggie, for you, is there some clarity that you can give? Yeah, I think that something that I've noticed with my sister is like when she's in a relationship, she's like 100% in it. But I think the problem is giving herself like a five-year timeline. 
Beth has always been, I want to get married and I want to have kids and I want to be this amazing mom. And she had a very specific picture in her mind. I remember having a conversation with her where she's like, well, I'm this age right now. And then we take what, one to two years to date. And then we need to get engaged. And then we like, when am I going to have a kid? But it just kind of stinks with the timeline thing, because as you're getting older, you start to realize like, it's not looking like you thought it would. And you thought you had that. And then it went away. It's tough for her to like pick up the pieces and like try to start again without having that image in her mind. I think that's really well said and something that a lot of people can relate to. But there's another side to this story too, because whether we realize this or not, when we're putting pressure to adhere to a timeline and we're being very clear because we're told to do that. You know, when you get into a relationship, you want to be upfront with your long-term goals to make sure that you're aligned with the other person. Mm -hmm. But the tricky thing about doing that sometimes is that it doesn't necessarily feel like I want to marry you. It feels like I want to get married. And then someone all of a sudden feels like they're on a roller coaster track of somebody else's dream life. And they might wake up one day and realize that I didn't feel like I picked this or I don't feel like my opinion mattered. I don't even know if I personally matter. So the balance here sometimes is, yes, we want to be clear about our timelines, but also we don't want someone to feel as if they're just a role player within our timeline. Do you think that Will may have felt that? You know, I think I sort of blocked this out because it was too painful at the time, but Becca was coordinating Will picking up some clothes he had left at my place, and she really dug into him about why he blindsided me, just like Ted had, and he said he'd actually been thinking about breaking things off with me for weeks. Mm. He was going to be moving to another country for two years for work, and I feel like the pressure from that, along with the pressure he felt from me and my life goals, engagement, marriage, kids, it was apparently just too much. And he thought I was too needy, uh, which was a surprise to me because I thought we were on the same page. I think what happens a lot in relationships, we focus on the to-do lists. I have to move in with the person and I have to get a ring and then I, we've got to get married and then we've got to have kids within two years because I want to start having my first kid by age X. But we don't really focus on a to feel list. What do we want to feel in the relationship when we're with the right person? What does that feel like for us? So we've been talking a lot about your to-do list. What's on your to-feel list? I don't know. I love the idea of that list. I've never thought about that before. I think a great practice for you to put into play to really focus on the to-feel list is to ignore the what I'm looking for in a partner and really focus on what I'm looking to gain from a partner. So... Think about the versions of yourself that exist out there. The version of you with Maggie, the version of you with Becca. Like, what is the best version of you when you're loving life and you're loving the experience of being Beth Ann? What are you like? That is the energy that you want to have and share with a life partner. I mean, that's how you want to spend your life, right? Yeah. You want to spend your life loving yourself and loving who you get to be in reflection of another connection. And I think if you focused on your own to-feel list and just even wrote it out, right? I want to feel like I can be as loud as I want. I want to feel like my opinions matter. I want to feel like I'm funny. I want to feel like I'm beautiful. So if you, you know, could take a little bit of time just to reflect on that. We're very clear on what your to-do list is and what the timeline is, but I think moving forward, there's so many different ways to achieve the dreams that you want. But the biggest dream of all when it comes to love is being with somebody that makes you fall in love with yourself more. I think a list like this would be helpful. Like when I've thought about my future, I'm thinking about accomplishments. So I guess like my to-do list in life, I'm never thinking about how I'm going to feel 
in those moments. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be looking at all the things that I want, but from a totally different perspective. So now just a question out of curiosity, just out of listening to your experiences, when you have this idea of five years in your mind and you have a very clear vision of what's going to happen in that time, oftentimes that's influenced by somebody else. And so Maggie, I'm thrilled to have you here for this reason too, because a lot of people, when they do get this pressure to adhere to a certain timeline, it comes from their parents. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. So our parents, they're still together after, gosh, They'd kill me for not knowing. It's thir- It's at least 30 years. We've seen, you know, just like the good and the bad and who they are as people and how they've learned to, you know, really create a long-lasting partnership. It's hard to see that and not want to emulate it. It's, it's, it's hard to get older and be like, where's mine? I feel like I'm just inching, you know, further and further away from it in my life where it's not going to look the same way as them, which is okay, but it doesn't stop me from wanting it. What are your reflections on this, Maggie? You just need to throw away that timeline because I feel like your life is going to pan out the way that it's going to pan out. I think in your brain, you're like, I see all my friends getting engaged and I'm getting sad about that. And then I see people having kids and I want to have a kid, but I don't have a person yet. You're putting pressure on relationships, but also on yourself that you don't have the life that you want on Instagram or that you want on paper. You are this strong, independent, beautiful woman, the best woman that I know. And so I don't think you are doing anything wrong where these relationships aren't working out. It's not your fault. And your life will play out in a way that's awesome and great and wonderful because you deserve it. What a beautiful speech. (laughs) I was like, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) I think what what really resonated with me with that is the letting go of the timeline. And that's can be easier said than done because this idea has been built up since you guys were kids, right? This has been ingrained in you that this is the way to love and this is when you should love. So who do we think is the person who's going to give you the permission to let go of that to-do list and to focus on your to-feel list, to allow you to be more present in your relationships? So my dad is always very honest and doesn't shy away from saying the tough thing. Okay, what do you want to gain from this conversation with your dad? It was the hope of my life that I would find someone just like my parents did, like find a soulmate who would be willing to work through anything with me. But I think I assumed that was the norm. I guess all in all, what I'd want to know from my dad is like, from the perspective of someone who I guess is an expert in working through things, um, how do I approach things from here? Yes, this is such a clear and concise goal for our conversation with Beth Ann's dad. But what's not as clear for Beth Ann, because it was just highlighted by her sister Maggie, is how her five-year timeline to get married and have kids ultimately affected her life. And I am sure this is something that many of you can relate to. There is an insane amount of societal pressure, specifically for women, when it comes to marriage. Marriage is seen as a marker of success and legacy. So you can feel like you're not living successfully or living up to your legacy until you get married. A lot of women find themselves trying to keep up with this extreme pressure that leaves them feeling like their success lies with someone else's approval. But from my impression, Beth Ann is ready to make a brave shift. And with that, she isn't going into this call with her dad seeking approval. Instead, Beth Ann wants clarity. And I think permission to figure things out in her own time. 
Her dad is a high school sports coach, so pep talks are in his nature. And I am hoping her dad can help ease the internalized pressure she feels to meet her timeline. Hey, Bethann. Hi. What's up, Bethann's pops? Hey. Bethann, why has commitment in being with somebody who is willing to mirror a relationship that you see your dad have with your mom? Why is that so important to you? You know, I know how lucky I am to have grown up seeing such a great marriage between people that are just so committed to making it work no matter what happens. And this is hugely aspirational, but I also feel this pressure to find something just as amazing, and I haven't. And and that's been really hard because when I almost had it and didn't get it, it's like... It was embarrassing. What are your thoughts on this, Dad? Um, I was the opposite. She doesn't deserve another letdown. Did we feel like she failed? No, we just we felt bad that she was dealing with disappointment. At the end of the day, you just feel bad that your your kid's hurting and you're a long way away and, and you almost want to jump on a plane and say, I'll just give you a hug and, and you know, it'll be okay. Aww. Is there also a part of you that's like, well, good, because at least you figured this out now, because I know what it takes to be a part of a healthy relationship. And it's not just finding somebody, it's finding the right person for yourself. Well, 100%. It's so much more about the right person and it, it doesn't matter how it happens. You know, I, I think first and foremost, it circles back to a character trait of Beth. That I think she has a vision for her life. And I, I think while some things do certainly rely on fate or fortune or good luck or or circumstance being proactive about taking charge of your life and charge of your own happiness is a really admirable trait you know little things like the college choice selection i mean you know i've dealt with so many kids who are in 9000 different directions and really don't know what they want to do you know beth eliminated all different possibilities and narrowed it down to two choices and said we're going to visit this one and that one and knew what she wanted to do and you don't control all the variables you know you control what you can control but her plan is a good plan and the right guys out there and don't rush it you know don't don't settle just have some faith that it's going to happen and keep being you because you're pretty damn good person that somebody should want to spend their life with. Thank you, Dad. I I definitely was on mute because I have tears in my eyes, but I appreciate you saying that more than you know. So, Dad, what I got from what you just said is that Beth Ann's ability to know what she wants out of life is her superpower, but she can only control what she can control. And reaching life's goals within a certain time frame is usually not within just our control. Beth Ann, I'm curious, though. Mm-hmm. What did you get from what your dad just shared? I never even thought of um, the way that I chose colleges and did all that. Like, I think it's so cute that you brought that up because I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I guess this is part of my personality. I guess I really am driven and picking what I want and trying to get it. Um, it feels good to hear it because I think at the center of all this is me putting a lot of pressure on myself that, you know, maybe I assumed was also put on me by my family and and even my friends and the people around me. Like, I think I was absorbing that pressure and putting on myself when all those people weren't actually putting any pressure on me. Beth, you know, we love you just the way you are. And we want only what's best for you and what's best for you is to find the right person. And it's going to happen because of the person that you are. Thank you, Dad. Love you. Love you forever. 
I don't think my dad's ever said love you forever to me. That's, that's like his <laughs> thing with me. That's beautiful. And what else is beautiful is the permission Bethann has now given herself to let go of the timeline that was ironically holding her back from the happiness she desires. We all know the tale of the tortoise and the hare, or have heard about the power of being a pace car, not a race car. But also, we all also participate in social comparison, especially online. And it can be all too easy to feel the pressure to keep up with these life updates and milestones that seemingly everyone else is hitting. And in these moments of compare and despair, we must remind ourselves the real goal is to find true delight in ourselves and in our small moments. Best of all, when we prioritize how we feel over what we accomplished, the journey to our goals no longer seems like a frantic race, but instead like a joyful, unexpected, too-good-to-be-controlled adventure. During my conversation with Bethann and her sister Maggie, I asked Bethann to reflect and write up her to-feel list. As a reminder, a to-feel list focuses on how you want to feel in a relationship as opposed to what accomplishments you expect a certain kind of relationship to take you to. So, when I touch base with Beth Ann, that's exactly where we began. I made a, you know, the classic notes app in my, in my phone, and I've just been kind of adding to it when I think of things. And um, I've been dating, but I'll end a date and be like, oh, I got to add that to my list because here's what I wasn't feeling on that date that I really want to feel. Can you share a few feels on your list? <laughs> yeah. To feel at ease and to feel wanted for everything I am and everything I'm not, not when it's just convenient. To feel accepted, that was big for me. To feel supported, to feel cared for mentally, spiritually, and romantically. And to feel laughter. Humor is a huge indicator for me of like whether I'm clicking with someone. And I wanna feel like somebody really enjoys who I am, even with everything I've been through. Like someone who also can kind of, you know, make lemonade out of lemons with me. I want to feel like we can uh, make the lemonade together. <laughs> I know that sounds dumb. Nothing about that sounded dumb, <laughs> but sounded like somebody who knows themselves, but furthermore knows what they deserve. It was very, very helpful. Good. I am so glad to hear that. Okay, so what else is up with you? How is it going overall? A lot of things have actually changed since we last spoke. So. It's been eight months since Will broke things off. I had a few months of just despair. Um, I got connected with you and did this whole process. And I really took what I learned. I got back on the dating apps with like a change in my focus. And eventually I met Matt. Ooh, yes. And things have been going incredibly well past any of my expectations. So, you know what I'm going to ask you about Matt, right? <laughs> yeah, no, but it's so funny that you said that. Um, so, he makes me feel valued and smart, like my most genuine self. He really brings out the best of me. Hey, that's exciting. All right, so how are you feeling about that timeline? This is like the first relationship in which I haven't pushed those conversations. Everything's just kind of lighter when you're not constantly thinking ahead. I'm just like letting it happen at its own pace, which is so new for me. Mm -hmm. Being with Matt now is like breathing. Everything is easy. Everything is simple. It's just like, like being around him is like breathing in and out. 
Bethann was brave enough to be vulnerable and take a good, hard look at what was really holding her back in relationships, a self-imposed timeline and the pressure that came along with it. By abandoning her timeline, Bethann has been able to be more present in a relationship and she's paying attention to how Matt makes her feel, rather than what any of it should amount to. For the first time, she doesn't have any expectations for the relationship. I asked Bethann what this new outlook felt like, and she told me, It feels like freedom. Next time on Hung Up, we speak to Corinne, who moved halfway across the country to escape an ex she's still married to. Why the quick exit? Corinne will fill you in on that. This incident was just a whole new level of disrespect, especially after committing yourself to me. And a hell of a lot more on the next episode of Hung Up. If you or someone you know is hung up after a breakup, we want to hear from you. Email us at hungup at frequencymachine.com. And if you like the show, spread the word. Reaching more people means helping more people. And don't forget to hit follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next episode. Hung Up is a production of Headspace Studios and Frequency Machine. It is produced by Caroline Slaughter and Rachel Borders for Frequency Machine and Danny Carissimi for Headspace Studios. It's executive produced by Morgan Selzer, Sarah Cohen, and Baron Farmar for Headspace Studios and Dominique Ferrari, Stacey Book, Avi Glajanski, and Sarah Heppela for Frequency Machine. It is hosted and produced by yours truly, Sham Boudram, audio engineering and technical magic from Jared Brady, editing, sound design, and post-production wizardry by the amazing Julian Kwasniewski and Bay Area Sound. Development at Headspace Studios was led by Leah Sutherland. And special thanks to Adam Krasner. Until next time.